Hey, what's up, y'all? My name is Rochelle Grow, and I'm the host of Allergic to Small Talk. I'm an expat living in the UK. I own two businesses, have my executive MBA from Pepperdine University, and I come riding dirty, having fallen from the polished corporate world. Allergic to Small Talk is a show about how to grow your small business through networking, plus the tools and resources needed to develop your foundation as a business owner. If you're allergic to small talk, get ready for big conversations that are delivered to you in bite-sized chunks that you can implement right away to transform the way you view, operate, and grow your business. This is Allergic to Small Talk by Cut Class. What does a small business need to do to be tax compliant? As a small business owner, we focus heavily on revenue and profit. After all, that's what's going to keep the doors open, right? But what the heck do we really need to know when it comes around to tax time? Hey there, welcome back to Allergic to Small Talk. You can catch me here every week teaching you the latest tips and tools to help you network and to help you grow your small business. In this episode, I wanted to focus on taxes for your small business. And to help me out, I have a rock star guest for you today, and his name is Charles Reed. Charles is the president of Get Payroll. He's a CPA, U.S. tax court practitioner, IRS advisory council member, and former U.S. Marine sergeant. Charles, welcome to the show. Rochelle, thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So Charles, I gave you a very short introduction, and I always love when my guests tell us in their own words. Tell me a little bit about yourself. I'm a Midwestern boy. I grew up in Iowa, got out of high school at 16, was not ready for college, Uh, worked for a few months, and then joined the United States Marine Corps, spent four years, including a combat tour in Vietnam. When I came back to the States, I was stationed in Kansas City, met my wife, Ruth, married her. She was 10 years older than I was and had five children when I married her. I just claim insanity. (laughs) Uh, But we were married for 45 years before she passed. I found that my military experience was not valued by the business community then as it's not today. Because people who haven't been in the military don't understand what that brings to the table. The discipline, internal and external, the experience, the teamwork, these kinds of things, they don't understand. So I decided I'd have to get my credentials, went to college, got my BBA and my MBA very quickly, sat for and passed my CPA exam while I was still in graduate school. As many of you know, Our team at Cut Class is passionate about helping people transition from their nine to five to building a business that they love. Why? Well, I'm glad you asked. I remember climbing the corporate ladder, getting my executive MBA and making great money and driving a fancy car. But at the end of the day, I was frustrated and miserable because I was doing everything that I thought I was supposed to be doing to hit success. It wasn't until I completely unplugged from what the world always told me would make me happy that I was able to find my genius zone and turn it into a business. I now have the freedom around time and finances that I've always wanted. 
So if you're in a similar situation where you're in a nine to five that's frustrating and unfulfilling and you're thinking about starting a business so you can control your time and finances, then let's hop on a call and let's talk about creating your new future. A link to book a call will be in the show notes. Went to work for Texas Instruments. Worked in the corporate world for 15 years, large and small corporations, turnarounds, other things. Lots of great experience. Realized I was never going to get to the top of a major corporation. Mm. I didn't have the political skills. I'm unwilling to stab people in the back and toss them off the ladder. If I was going to have a business to run, as I grew up in a family business, I was going to have to have my own. So just over 30 years ago, Ruth and I started our own business. It was started as a mobile accounting service with a payroll on the side. We grew it. We dropped the mobile after a few years as technology changed. And then here about 10 years ago, I sold off the accounting portion to my partner and kept the payroll portion. And here we are, and we're still growing and having a lot of fun, and I enjoy coming to work every day. So, Thank you so much for that background and the brief story about how Get Payroll has come to fruition. And, you know, you said something interesting about how you actually became an entrepreneur and business owner. And I think this is a road that a lot of business owners find themselves on when they think about opening their own business. You were in that corporate world for about 15 years, and there was some misalignment for you. There was something that just wasn't working for you. And you just decided, you know what, this is just not going to work for me. And I'm going to take a leap of faith and start something that I'm passionate about that I can create and that aligns with all of my values. Absolutely. I love that. That's so great. So taxes, taxes, taxes. I would love for you to give us a little bit of background on what do small business owners need to do to be tax compliant. A lot of first-time small business owners really don't know. We kind of get thrown in (laughs) to the ring when tax time comes around for the very first time and we can get bit on the ass because we don't know how to properly set up our business. We don't know how to properly track our expenses. So can you just give us a little bit of insight on how can we prepare for avoiding these tax minefields? Well, obviously, you don't know what you don't know. (laughs) So one of the people a small business needs to have at their beck and call in the very beginning is, in the U.S., it's a CPA, a certified public accountant. In the U.K., it would be a chartered accountant. Mm, Okay. And talk to them in the very beginning about the entity you want to be. In the U.S., there's four major entity types, and each one is taxed differently. Mm. So you want to know what entity you want to be and what your responsibilities are. And also, a CPA can help you set up your books, how you track expenses. For instance, I tell my clients in this day and age, you have to have a credit card Mm -hmm. because everybody wants to put it on your card. Well, you have a separate card that you use only for business. You never put anything personal on there. And then if you ever get audited and they want to go through the credit card records, well, 
you start going one, two, three, four, and you explain every charge and the business purpose of it, when, where, why, and why it's a business expense. And after you've been through about 10 of them, they just lose interest in looking at the rest of them. Wow. Because they don't find anything personal quickly. The auditor goes, okay, they know what they're doing. It's all business. Right. So, you know, if you snuck one in during the year, it probably won't matter, but <laughs> don't. You should have a separate bank account. You shouldn't mix funds. Your bank account should be for your business. Even if you're a sole proprietor, you want a separate bank account. Everything flows through that. All your revenue goes in, all your expenses come out, your pay comes out. You don't pay the mortgage or you don't pay the rent out of there. You pay yourself and then you pay the mortgage. You don't pay the car payment out of there unless it's a company car. You don't give a hundred bucks to your spouse out of there. You pay yourself and then give it to your spouse. So you separate the business from the personal and it makes it very easy to survive an audit. It also makes it very easy to calculate, am I making any money or not? Right. Now, beyond that, now, of course, we understand cash flow is king. Mm -hmm. Without cash flow, you're not going to be in business. So you have to have more revenue than expenses and so on. But taxes are critical. You have to know what you need to pay, when you need to pay it, what you need to file, when you need to file it. And then the next biggest tip on all of that, make sure it's arithmetically correct. Mm. The single biggest category of mistakes the IRS finds are arithmetic. <laughs> okay? I understand. Arithmetic is not something that you want to deal with all the time, but take the time and the trouble. If you can use software to do it, that's fine. But I tell people, if it all fits on one page of a yellow pad, you don't need a computer program, okay? Okay. If you have to flip to the next page, you probably want to look for a program or an app, okay? But one page, just keep it on the yellow pad. So those are some of the base things. In employment taxes, you have to know when you're going to file, who you're going to file with, who's taxing you, the feds the states, the local establishments, and your CPA can help you with all this, help you get the numbers that you need, tell you where you have to report, show you how to fill out the forms. Now, a lot of these things are available on the web, and that's fine. And if you're comfortable with that, great. But you know, it wouldn't hurt to have a five-minute phone call with your CPA just to make sure, or send it to him and say, hey, Joe, Sally, take a look at this and make sure I've done it right. It may cost you a few dollars, but once you got it right and know what you're doing, you just send him copies because he'll need it for the books. Because you'll want your financial statements done up. If you're not capable of doing them, you'll want to hire a professional, uh, a bookkeeper, a CPA, a chartered accountant to do your financials and prepare your financial statements for you, for your bank, for your lenders. Uh, for your investors, whatever. You'll need formal financial statements at some point. The moment you go to the bank and want to borrow a penny, mm-hmm. they're going to want to look at your financials. <laughs> <laughs> Period. New paragraph. And if you say, oh, well, we're, we're not doing them yet. They're going to go, well, when you do them, come back and talk to us. Uh, they're not even going to consider it. 
other than a personal loan based on you, if you know the banker. So those are some things. And setting up your books properly is so critically important to make your life easy and less expensive. Because if you can give your CPA summaries, then they can do the financial statements with those summaries. I had a client. She was in the modeling industry, and she literally brought me two shopping bags full of receipts. Oh, wow. Well, I had to charge her for four days of work. (laughs) Okay? I mean, and that was several thousands of dollars that if she had summarized everything on a spreadsheet or just put them all together and put an anti-machine tape on them, I could have done the work in a couple hours instead. But- it was worth it to her to spend a lot of money with me to have me do it. And I was perfectly willing to charge her for it. Yeah. <laughs> I charge, as most accountants do, by the hour. Right. So if you do the petty work, I don't have to. And I don't right. have to have my staff do it. And I'm going to charge for it right. if I do it or if my staff does it. Now, If your time is worth that much, and it may well be, then fine. I'll take the bags of receipts and handle it for you. And that's great. And, you know, she was a a top 10 model. And, you know, her her daily rate could be $25,000. So, yeah, it was probably worth it for her to have me do it. (laughs) But not every small business is that way. Right. And not everybody makes that kind of daily rate. I don't for sure. (laughs) So those are some basic tips for small businesses. You got to know what you don't know. You've got to learn it either from your CPA, online, your taxing authorities. If you know who they are, we'll probably have all the stuff on the web, but get with a CPA, spend that hour getting briefed on all these things, have him help set up your chart of accounts, which will make your life easy. Because chart of accounts can be very, very detailed, almost, you know, infinitely detailed. But it doesn't need to be that. May need to be more detailed, may need to be more summary. Depends on your circumstances. And your CPA has probably worked with or should have worked with your type of business before and understand what you're doing and help you design a system that will give you the information you need to appropriately manage your business, okay? And it's different for different businesses. Mm -hmm. What a manufacturer needs and what a restaurant needs, yeah, you got revenue and expenses and profit. But managing that, you know, a restaurant, you have food costs, labor costs, other costs. Ah, manufacturing, you've got inventory, build of materials, inventory loss, direct materials, indirect materials, all kinds of things that you need to look at differently than a restaurant does. So you need a different chart of accounts and a different way that that data flows. Mm -hmm. So talk to your CPA and have him help you design a system up front rather than mess with it for a while. Okay. And screw it up and then have to fix it or pay him to fix it later or her. Right. Another thing, particularly in the U.S., is 
employees versus independent contractors. Right. So I just want to pause for just a second. So one thing that you said at the start, you talked about the four different types of entities, and we don't need to go into detail about them, but can you just talk about S-Corp, LLC, and just kind of name what an entity could look like out of the gates? What's the terminology for those four entities? Sure. The simplest one is a sole proprietorship. It's just you in business. And it's very, very dangerous because you have unlimited personal liability. Got it. Somebody sues you, they're suing you, and everything you own is at risk. Then you have a corporate status. And a corporate can either be a C-corp or an S-corp. A C-corp pays taxes as a corporation Mm -hmm. and is not normally for small business a desirable entity to be. An S-corp, which is the S chapter S of the IRS, all the net profits of the S-corp go to your personal 1040, and that's where they're taxed. So you pay no tax in the entity, and with the changes in 2007, it's a very desirable because 10% of your income is not taxable right off the top. Okay. 199, it's a code section to your CPA. I'll explain it to you in detail. Got it. Um, It's a little more complex than we need to go into here. (laughs) The other main entity is an LLC, a limited liability company. And an LLC can be taxed either as a sole proprietor, which is not particularly desirable, or as an S-corp, which is a more desirable tax entity for a small business. The other entity is a partnership, and that is a terrible entity for tax purposes. Got it. Thank you so much for giving us a rundown on those entities. So for those of you that are listening out there, make sure that your CPA sits down with you to kind of explain these four in detail, just so you can have knowledge about it. Because you might start off as a sole proprietor, and then as you grow, you might develop into an LLC, you might develop into C-Corp, S-Corp, whatever it is that you are envisioning for your business. Just because you started one area doesn't mean that you can't flex into the others as your business goes. Absolutely. A lot of small businesses start as a sole proprietor because there's not enough money or risk to worry about incorporating or forming that LLC. If you have risk, even if it's just slip and fall, somebody comes into your premises and falls, then you're liable. You'll want the liability protection that an LLC or a corporation provides. A sole proprietor and a partnership do not provide the liability protection, and you are basically naked in those entities. And that's scary. I don't recommend anyone stay as a sole proprietor once they have a liability issue, period. Got it. And the second thing that came to mind when you were explaining, I don't know if it's self-service taxes, but where you can basically do your taxes online yourself, or you can also go to a CPA. So for example, for those of you listening, there are self-serve tax options such as LegalZoom, TurboTax. But if you are super green, first-time business owner, like Charles said, you could definitely pull some tax documents off of either of those websites, or there's multiple websites out there that, that can help you. But he recommends that it's very wise for you to just get those checked over 
by a CPA to make sure that you are crossing your T's, dotting your I's so that you're staying in line with everything that you need to do to be tax compliant. And the tax code is complex and changes every time Congress or the state legislature meets. Okay. I get several newsletters every week from the Internal (laughs) Revenue Service. Okay. And I study this stuff and I try to stay on top of it. And I still find things today that are new and different and things I may not have known. And I live this thing. (laughs) So there will be deductions you will miss if you don't talk to your CPA. There may be deductions you take that are illegal. Mm. Okay. For instance, one little thing, just a tip. You can take any legal deduction, whether you can prove it or not. Let's say you bought a piece of equipment over here for 49 bucks and you lost the receipt. Yes. You can still take that deduction. It may not survive audit if you can't prove it. They may disallow it, but it is absolutely legal to take it. Wow. Okay. Okay. Another thing. This is a huge one. The IRS cannot penalize you for a simple mistake. Mm. They can only penalize you for gross negligence. Now, when they correct the mistake, if there's tax due, you'll owe that and Mm -hmm. interest on the taxes. But that penalty, they can only assess for gross negligence. Now, the problem, of course, is who defines gross negligence. (laughs) And it's not in the code. So it's up to the IRS agent that you're working with whether or not they're going to define it as gross negligence. And if they do, you just keep appealing it to level after level after level after level up to and including tax court. Because tax court costs $60 to file the petition. That's all. And that gets you a whole nother bite at the apple with all different people. So you never give up. It's a whole series of no's followed by a single yes. And when you get that yes, say thank you and get the hell out of there. Okay? (laughs) Don't keep talking. (laughs) So always appeal, always respond. If you get a letter from the IRS, respond to it. If you get the same letter two weeks later, respond to it again. Because there are letters, if you don't respond, you lose. Mm -hmm. There are deadlines if you don't handle it you don't talk to them, if you don't do certain things, you lose and you lose all your options. So always be communicative. Don't hide from it. Use your CPA to talk to the IRS. I don't recommend to any of my clients they ever talk to the IRS personally. And I'll tell you why. It's personal and they will get upset and they will say things and get an attitude they shouldn't do. And what brought this home was here last year in the middle of COVID, the IRS screwed up on my employment taxes for my company. Oh, wow. (laughs) Well, being the expert I am at this, I called the revenue officer and explained what was going on, and he gave me some attitude. So my voice rose a little bit, and he started telling me things that were wrong that were against IRS procedure and against IRS regulations. And I told him that. And I started to quote code to him, and he just got nastier. And I started yelling at him over the phone. And in the back of my mind, I'm going, Charles, this isn't helping. This isn't, this good. isn't <laughs> helping. Don't do this. 
But I did. And when I got done with him, he went ahead and did other nasty things that he shouldn't have done because I pissed him off. Right. And so he was going to get even. Yeah, it took me three weeks because of COVID to get a hold of his supervisor who said, oh, yeah, none of that should have happened. We'll make it all go away. Wow. Because I knew who to talk to. And if his supervisor hadn't talked to me, I knew where his supervisor and his supervisor's supervisor and so on were, and I knew the rules. But if my client had talked to him, he'd have just gotten pissed, gotten retaliated against, and would have no idea what the hell to do. Right. Exactly. So don't talk to him. Let me or your CPA, because it's professional, and I'm not going to get upset about your taxes. I get upset about mine, <laughs> but I'm not going to get upset with them about yours. Excellent. If they're if they're stupid about it, and they may well be, I'll just ask for their supervisor, or I'll file a letter with appeals, or I'll file a petition with the tax court, or whatever's necessary. Wonderful. That's the kind of thing a professional can do for you that you probably can't do for yourself. Yes, you can file all those appeals. You can go to the tax court pro se as the taxpayer. I don't recommend it. I wouldn't go to court without a lawyer. Okay, I won't do that. So I wouldn't go to the IRS without a CPA. Excellent. Well, Charles, thank you so much for coming on Allergic to Small Talk today. I've certainly learned so much, and I know the audience is going to learn so much as well once this podcast hits the air. Before we wrap up, is there any last things that you'd like to share before we head off? Well, just one thing. For those, when they decide they need to pay somebody, including themselves in a corporation or an LLC, my newest book is The Payroll Book. It's available at thepayrollbook.com, enter the discount code podcast, and as long as the supply lasts, we'll send your listeners a free book. Wonderful. Charles, thank you so much for that gift. We really appreciate it. And if we want to find you outside of the book, where can we find you? Get Payroll on the web. And my email is cjr at getpayroll.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And I look forward to this episode coming out. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Allergic to Small Talk is a production of Cut Class, a place where you can access me, Rochelle Grow, and Leslie Levito. We teach the world how to start and grow businesses without a formal classroom. Executively produced by me, Rochelle Grow, and Cut Class. Creative direction by Sho Kazanjian. Audio editor and producer, Tom McGeoch. And music is by Fami Kaira. If you'd like to access more free resources, check out our sister podcast, out to Launch, hosted by Cut Class's co-founder, Leslie Levito. She teaches people how to ditch their 9-to-5 to start their own business. See ya!